0: Fighting easier from outside the cage, though I will argue one activity from outside the cage, and this might only be relevant because I've spent the last three days moving, but bear with me. Trying to get your old ass couch, the one you love, but obviously is too thick to fit through modern doors, defies logic why we build it this way. Not not as easy necessarily as as sometimes fighting can be. Is okay. my point. Now, it's a stretch. Now, granted, I've never fought, so maybe people have fought about a difference. It's time for Verbal Tap. I'm your host, Kevin, with me, of course, Rap Esparza from brand new uh, Down the Street Denver Studios. I am set up. Rap, how are you doing today?
1: Good. The That might be a little confusing to people. It might make it seem like we did the thing where now we live right across the street from each other. We
0: didn't.
1: No, not yet. I live still in. Well,
0: I don't want to call it sunny Denver because it's April 29th. I think that's the date. And it is snowing right now.
1: Profusely. It's 31 <laughs> degrees and it is snowing. Kevin's the guy in a hostage video that just doesn't want to pick up the newspaper to show that he's still alive on the current date. He's just like, I get it. it's approximately April 30th. If you guys could send some money, that'd be cool. Thanks. People always Mom. shit on the
0: people that accidentally join ISIS, and I get it. They have a good <laughs> argument, but there's a small part of it that's like, was were they just sitting in a super cold North Dakota winter, and they see the ad that's like, seminar workshop in paradise, and it's like, uh, I'll, I'll take one meeting. That's <laughs> I, I, I'm i there. That's where I'm at winter-wise. Someone asked me a week ago, hey, is this nice weather's coming. I was like, I don't trust it. I don't trust <laughs> it until I have a whole week. I didn't have a whole week.
1: See, you play that game. I always worry about the double-double agent for ISIS, where it's like, wait, you're cured of hating America, or are you? Is this a double-agent, double-agent play? I don't even know. Kev, I'll tell you this much. You know what is uh, harder than fighting inside the cage? What's that? Recreating shot for shot. Dead or alive, You Spin Me Right Round, like a record.
0: Yeah, I believe that. I, not even knowing, but what a complicated song that has to have some cuts. Why would one do that, Raph?
1: Uh, if you're Paul Rudd, who's America's Sweetheart, you just decide when you go on Jimmy Fallon, why do I need to talk to Jimmy Fallon? Instead, I'm just going to do this as a shtick, as a bit. And, Kev, I got to tell you, I don't think anything this year is going to laugh – make me laugh more than this this year because there's an enthusiasm with Paul Rudd where you just get the feel. He is excited to be doing this nonsense and as a result, you, the viewer, get just as excited watching him create a song that you normally would go, yeah, that's fine. I don't really care. But it's so absurd and amazing that I've laughed for three days straight. And somebody on the internet – and th- you don't ever have to wait long for this. But you go, somebody needs to do a side-by-side very quickly. And lo and behold, if you ask for it, the internet will deliver. So, yeah, they've already uh, made a shot-by-shot for, comparison. For good the or to... for bad, the
0: internet's right there. It's got you back.
1: <laughs> but that's how you know that you have so much – ability to let the internet do its course and do the thing where you just say internet i know i'm not even going to waste my time trying to put these things together because you will do it for me and i look forward to seeing it when i do and uh you know i don't normally ever do this but i actually took the full video of this and on your instagram stories they only go for 10 to 15 seconds at a time so it's 15 seconds increments i took this three minute and like change video and I literally just put it on our stories in 9, 10, 12 parts <laughs> even the thought of it and the best part is Paul Rudd himself is singing the song how much time do you think this took well he went on Jimmy Fallon and he later said that he spent the whole day <laughs> with the the crew Trying to figure out how to do the uh, the singing voice, and he said the biggest problem he had was trying to hit the like the nail of a very verbato kind of voice that the singer has here. Where it's "I get to know you, baby," and he's like, "Dude, everybody in the office hates me because I took forever to figure that out." Well, this is this is charming.
0: I agree. I'm not prepared to call it. <laughs> The funniest thing of the year, but I like where reps at in the headspace. That's the difference. It's uh hey, what's the temperature out there? I guess it's sunny, cause you find joy in things. Oh no, no it's
1: dark and desolate right now. We like, rewatch we're...
0: the Sopranos. You have a good day. <laughs>
1: I'll tell you this much. Um it's an interesting week for fights because Bellator had two, I think. Two and, sets of fights. And fun fact,
0: mm-hmm. Greg Hardy called himself the Michael Uh, Jordan uh, of whatever that would be for MMA. I
1: (laughs) didn't know what to think of that one in the sense that we're still at a weird place with this guy who uh, like most of us just don't want around. And yet the UFC wants him around so much and maybe senses. We don't want him around where they say, let's make him the co-main event. Which is always a nice way of saying, fuck you to just about everybody else on the card. So, bro,
0: you're mm -hmm. at most the Michael Jordan of, like, baseball. That's what I kept thinking. Maybe even bocce ball. Like, calm down.
1: Like, I just wanted to know, are you the Michael Jordan of acting? Because he's not really good at that. So... I don't know, but even then, he was in Hanes commercials, and he at least delivered on a couple of those. I don't know, man. I heard him say that, and I went to go watch his fight, and it wasn't great. Surprise. Um, I don't know, Kev. It was a strange week for fights because, yes, the UFC was out at Fort Lauderdale. I do have some good news, though. The
0: fact that if you had said, hey, the UFC is fighting in Florida, what could go Mm -hmm. wrong? I'd be like, oh, my God. How much time do you have? They had Q Laby on the fight, they have Greg the woman beater hardy on the fight. It's like, uh, you're taking that crew to Florida?
1: All right. Yep, yep. The UFC goes to Florida. They did apparently, though, have members of the UFC uh fight posse, aka people who were fighting last week, read on social media uh Florida man headlines as part of a social media bit for their Instagram. And I said, oh, that's actually pretty good. It's only taken the UFC 25 years to come up with a humorous bit that Late Night has been doing for years. But, you know, (laughs) they're trying, Kev. That's the best part is putting baby steps towards actually trying to show they have a sense of humor.
0: Well, they're about professionalism. Mm -hmm. Sometimes humor and professionalism don't tend to go quite as well together.
1: No, no, not at all. Especially... When they themselves are like, I'm funny. The funniest thing a person who is deadly serious will ever try to tell you is, no, I'm funny, okay? I know what it's like when funny happens. It, really? Oh, okay.
0: And then Do watch that. them as a punchline appears to them. It's mm. it's like Christmas morning if a plate glass window is between you and the presents. <laughs> they run right. It's beautiful. I want to know uh, about these fights because... okay. I watched some of one, which is like my equivalent. <laughs> I was doing my level best, but my parents were in town helping me move, and I'm watching. We I turned the fights up for just a second, and someone gets just kneed directly in the face. Spouts blood. My mom's like, it's so violent. I was like, yeah. All right, so I turned it off and we watched uh, Property Brothers, and that sucked. Uh-oh. But I'm just saying, sometimes you know you got to sacrifice some violence. It was a prelim anyway. Rap, what happened? My man loses. Jacques Ray's out. He's no longer uh, such a dangerous man.
1: Can I address this though? I feel the Property Brothers is way more violent. You
0: are wrong. One of the one that always wearing a suit, the non-worker one, was like playing with the kids is so sweet it's real charming
1: mm. i you know what it is i feel like i'm the perfect target demographic for all of these home and garden shows in this sense if i hate them they will do well rap if you don't like
0: property brothers you're gonna love this <laughs> coming NBC show property triplets
1: Surprising other triplets oh. only and redesigning
0: their triplet
1: don't palace. fuck it's with me on this. a
0: lot of triplets.
1: <laughs> because here's the problem. They do have a scripted comedy in development. Called triplets? I don't know. I know it's them. <laughs> and they have a fucking country music song. And you know what the nice part was? My wife likes them. And it definitely gets to the point where... I kind of roll my eyes a lot, and I just say, you watch them. And she goes, don't you like them? And I go, no, I think they're really annoying. And I get that they're good for the home and garden family variety. I just can't do that form of TV for too long before wanting to stab myself. And then I finally got her on my side when all of a sudden she goes, they have a country music single? And I was like, yes, and I have it queued up for you. Look at it. And she goes, no, I don't want to. And I was like, this is for making me watch that goddamn show every time it's on. You will look at every second of them harmonizing in unison. And she did not like me that day. But I was ready to do
0: it. You're moved by Back Country Roads and Cold beer. you got to sing about it. I don't understand why you're being so condescending about the genre they chose. Though I would have gone pop if I were them, I'm just saying if I had to choose, I would have taken the Bieber route. Just one man's no, opinion. Good. Jacare Souza did not for Star in Property Brothers, though that would be a fun oh. twist. It's like uh, and now specialist in demo and construction. Jacare loses to Hermanson. I watched Hermanson deliver a profound amount of knees. But Mm -hmm. it doesn't look like he finished him. And I do say, like, I saw the attempt at the guillotines. How funny would it be if someone exclusively tried to arm bar Jacare? A little IBJJF humor from a long time ago. It's like, he's not tapping into that shit. He's not into that fight. Uh,
1: I have this thing where I will go and cover something, and then something bad will happen to Jacare. And I'm not a fan of it. I was covering fights, and we'll talk a little bit about this in a second, but uh, Fighters Rep, a local kickboxing and Muay Thai organization out here in L.A., I was watching those fights, and when I get those updates that are going, yo, Raf, you watching this Jacare fight? And I'm like, no, I'm not. What's happening? And they go, oh, he's losing. I go, I can't do with that. Jacare, in every form of promotional material that they put together on him, they say, Ah, he's just waiting for that all-elusive title shot. Jacare tonight, if he wins, will validate everything he's been worth. Oh, he lost? Oh, no.
0: We'll have to start this promo all over
1: again. Don't worry. We're just going to repeat it when he makes his way back up to the top to fall back down again.
0: Is this... Is this a good showing by him? Because I didn't hear much buzz after. And when you're looking at like after a decision day, you're always perusing through highlights. I didn't see any. It's not a great sign.
1: No, the fight was fine. Uh, Jack. Okay, now, how would you say his name? Jack Hermanson. Mm, Hermanson. That's better. That's the one you're supposed to go with, apparently. Herman Eseson. Because I think of it as Hermanson. But then you have the double S's. So anyway, they were going on. When they kept saying his name, I had to phonetically break it down to understand. Because I think Dominic Cruz was saying it whatever way he felt. And Anik kept being like, Hermanson. Jack Hermanson. He always does it really quickly on the
0: downbeat. If you do Hermanson. <laughs> he just like, makes it one syllable.
1: Yeah. So. Uh, Gert. Ray is what he'll here's do what you he should know though this fight was good this fight was entertaining um obviously you had jack controlling most of the rounds but that didn't mean that jacore was completely out of it out of it jacore had some really nice moments uh in the fight uh, trying to counter and get back into it but i mean here's the problem with this matchup for jacore and they kept tempting it they kept saying you know hey Jack is not somebody you want to overlook. I don't know why Jacare is taking this fight. I mean, I do, but, oh, man, there's so much risk involved. And there was. Jacare is usually the guy who's the submission specialist, who now has gotten better with his hands over the years. The problem comes when Jack gets Jacare in submission danger to start to the point where Jacare is, like, pulling him into guard and trying to hold him down there. And in this element, Jack is able to just start throwing elbows and punches from the top. There's a great moment where Dominic Cruz is talking about like, yeah, you know, if I'm ever um, grappling in MMA, I always say being on top is the best. My wife looks at me and goes, is that true for grappling? And I go, no, no, no." he's saying grappling in MMA. Grappling in general, you're fine working from bottom. In fact, sometimes people working from bottom do more work. Uh, Just in this case – uh, you know the elbows and the punches with the ouch and the uh, not so much.
0: So that's tough. The Hermanson takes on our favorite. Now, obviously, Herbman. I always do appreciate someone that tries to beat them at their own game, and he just took him right into that lane. It's like I'll sink or swim with this guillotine attempt. Pretty awesome. Wasn't expecting to see a submission, and was impressed at the attempt. Greg Hardy wins by TKO and in assholery of the month award, pretty much universally, anytime he's got the chance, he's right up there, beats Smolikov. Smolikov. A lot of Russian fighters for this being, it doesn't matter, Uh, a quote-unquote Florida fight. Mike Perry gets a decision over Alex Oblaviara.
1: And that was a good fight, too. Both of them went to... Uh, into the octagon dancing which is kind of strange because i've never really seen i know it's happened in the past but they've never really prominently played up this before where the fighter in the octagon in this case perry uh is dancing to his opponent's walkout music as he waits for him to get into the cage very strange but given what we know about mike perry also not very confusing or unexpected you
0: love to dance Yes. You had a chance where you're feeling a little nervous or not. And it's like a good song comes on. Don't you just have to swing those hips?
1: It depends because it would be a psychological advantage that you get into your opponent's head if you are dancing better than they are, which is good. Uh, I also do fear, though, depending on the athletic caliber of the human being that I might be dancing against, there might be a slight chance that they could dance better than me. And I think that could be crushing. So it's a very risky proposition you're talking about here, Kevin. That one would hurt. Because this is the thing I don't like about dance. The one thing I never truly like about dance is when you learn steps or you learn a certain style, and then somebody comes in with their flippy McGillicuddy, and they're just jumping in the air and doing backflips. And I go, I can't do that. I'm not going to beat that because that's just playing to the crowd. I'm not asking for your gymnastics routine. I'm asking for you to come up with something. Oh, you just flipped in the air. Oh, and that's what you like? Okay, well, that's cool too. (laughs) Good. Cool. I can win the, uh, you know, the gravity challenge version of dance, I guess. So, that's cool. I don't know, but I always fear that with fighters because there are some friends like Chrysos Yagos who... Has okay rhythm, but then accentuates the dance steps with like a backflip. And I go, okay, we get it. You're very athletic. That's fine.
0: Well, tonight's dance podcast coverage brought to you by <laughs> northsouthjiujitsu.com. Do not forget to check out free shipping on orders over $80, US and Canada. They have the stuff that keeps your stuff covered. Head on over to northsouthjiujitsu.com. Buy something important for a friend this lovely May season. This summer, chafe less and enjoy more movement and moisture-wicking technology as the summer months heat up or some fur-in-line ones for those of us in the Denver community that are stuck in winter because it's some sort of Game of Thrones parody. NorthSouthJiuJitsu.com. Our friends keep the partnership afloat. Five stars on iTunes. You've heard it from us before to head on over to verbal tap. Give us a little review. Let us know what you think of the show ref. Mm. Any more call outs? Glover, Texera submits Q labia, um, Q uh, final submission via rear naked choke. I've heard of that one. Mm. There was he a, s- Oh, go ahead.
1: Oh, he did a very good job. That's really what you should know. Uh, he got a little pieced up in that fight too. It was in the second round. Fun fight to watch. You just capitalized on a cute labia moment. Mm -hmm. We should all be so lucky. Mm.
0: Where in the Pantheon does the split decision John Lineker versus Sandhagen?
1: Um, Depends on who you ask because John Lineker, I always want to call him Lineker, you can call him whatever you want on the show, I guess, uh, John was not very happy. And it looked like John did a lot of damage, but Corey was sticking in there, and uh, definitely put up a good fight. It's definitely one to go revisit. It does still look like John, I think, was ahead on some of the the compu stats. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong. I really don't care. But here's the thing that I do want you to understand that you can relate to. Uh... What is it? Um Elliot over in Colorado. Elliot Marshall. You familiar, Kev? Yes.
0: Okay. Easton and uh, team elevation. Head of the team elevation.
1: What can you say about his voice?
0: Usually sort of a as soft and then it's kind of like a I
1: think if I were lost in a well or a maze. I would really put Elliot at the top of my list of people to help me get out of it. Oh, well, that's a compliment to his jiu-jitsu coaching for sure. Uh, Well, okay. let me let me finish this because I've never not known where he is when a grappler of his is fighting or grappling because he is infamously uh, yelled out for John Combs in ways that I find hilarious because he's both roasting him and coaching him, which is, again, my preferred form of coaching. And uh, afterwards, you'll see John Combs like wrecked after a match, say, with Cyborg. And he'll still be like, good job, Combs. Yeah, that was great. I'm still talking as loud as I was when you were out there. And I'm like, oh, my God, that voice is so epic. But it's even more epic when you're watching it on TV and you go, my God, he's found me uh he might be the person to talk to about uh putting up a better testament for Corey, because again it, good fight a lot of people were booing and again kev you and i know the element of bombing on stage uh it happens to everybody but I'm when an completely audience... unfamiliar rap okay. but i'll
0: try to <laughs> have some empathy
1: OK, well, you definitely know that element of when someone gets booed on stage and there are performers who are used to it. Uh, Corey definitely was like looking and they go, boo, and he goes, oh, you guys are booing. A lot, of, a lot of people booing. And that's when it hurts my heart because the guy did fight and he did well. And he obviously did enough to make two judges think that's yeah his thing, but it's not his fault. He didn't go over there and say, hey, hey can you can you change that for me? yeah me thanks (laughs) now when they boo they have something to boo so that was a little sad but that's why i would love to talk with elliot because i'd love to get his take on it obviously we'd be very biased for Corey, but there is a great element of like elliot was very honest with him being like we need this round and i was like don't we need all of the rounds this one Uh, especially
0: ref shut up
1: (laughs) but i just love uh the his ability to be super honest and He's just one of those guys who's super intense and, and great about what he is. Um, so I always love seeing our jiu-jitsu brethren make appearances on the television. Uh, Roosevelt Roberts and Thomas Gifford? Nah. Next. Uh, I will say something very sad. <clears throat> so, again, I was in route to uh, the Fighters Rep fights. And Ben Saunders is a friend of the podcast. I like him a lot. And you do know that there gets to be a point when your friends are fighting that you just taper your expectations. But that doesn't mean you ever stop caring. Case in point, Kev. I went to a local gas station. Now, when you go to these events, sometimes you have to give them cash to park in a parking lot. And I forgot that I didn't bring any cash with me. So I literally stopped at this gas station to get some cash back and it happened to be right at the moment I had given my card to the cashier that I saw Ben Saunders got violently knocked out that I audibly yell out in this gas station. No, oh, come on. No, damn it. It's one of those real tough knockouts, Kev, where he starts kind of like grappling a little bit with the ref still because he's that out of it. So you feel really bad instantaneously. And I walked out to my car. After the guy said, do you need a receipt? I was like, no. I walk into my car. I go down the street. I'm about to get on a freeway. And then I go, oh, fuck. I was so mad about that knockout. I didn't get my cash back. Oh, shit. I drive back over to the gas station. I look at the guy. I say, hello. I was just in here. Uh, I'm supposed to get cash back, but you didn't give it to me. And the guy goes, yeah, I didn't. I'm so sorry. That's my fault. And I was like, it's fine, dude. Just give me the money so I have money to park. I'm, I'm okay. The guy felt really bad. And he kept profusely apologizing. But I also wanted to tell him on the inside, like, hey, dude, really wasn't your fault. When one of your friends get viciously knocked out in front of you on internet television, uh, it's, you know, I mean, 50-50. Let's split responsibility on that one, dude.
0: Internet television. And speaking of friends of the jiu-jitsu community, Doreenio. Gilbert Burns wins by ne- rear mm-hmm. naked choke pretty quickly in round two. That was that was the one my mother enjoyed. She was good with that fight. Oh,
1: okay. Well, yeah. it's because no one gets permanently hurt on that one, per se. Take your kids to jujitsu. That's uh-huh. what I have
0: to say. Arlovsky loses. Carla Esparza wins because the Esparzas just don't lose in the octagon per lore. Anything else about this card?
1: Yeah, let's uh, just talk real quick. Oh, Jim, Jim Miller. Miller yeah. Amazing. I just scrolled down, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin just wanted to walk on and be like, ah, oh, Jim Miller, never a fan. Before I mm-hmm. skip two friends of the podcast right And now. let's be very clear here. <laughs> Jim Miller, not only friend of the show, but, Kev, did you know that this made him have the most fights in UFC history? He has 31 fights for the UFC.
0: He is in the list of people I would have guessed. If they're yeah. like, Kevin, guess who's had the most fights? It have been uh, not Brock Lesnar, Jim Miller.
1: Do you have any others in that list?
0: Yes. One of uh, – I would have to actually even cross off the Diaz's. But Dustin the Diamond Poirier would be in my list. Um, Joe Lausanne would be on my list. Clay Guida and then BJ Penn.
1: That's like I, my, my five. Well, six. he <clears> – <throat> he un- uh, Schultz, I don't know, he took over uh, Donald Cerrone who has 30, so oh, he has 31 yeah. Donald Cerrone is <laughs> 30, but Donald Cerrone already probably has like 9 fights already packed up, so they'll just probably oscillate back and forth, one thing that Jim Miller did say though, and this is very interesting Jim Miller did say that he doesn't know how long he has for this, and this is going to become a recurring theme for today's episode but he wanted his kids to at least see him fight one big fight And he happened to bring them for this one. So he had four of his kids and his wife just sitting in the seats. And it was a good one to bring them to. So I was very happy for him. But that element of fighting and expiration dates is something that carries over throughout the weekend. This is a happier version of it. Angela Hill looked very nice uh, in her uh, decision win over Jody Escobar. And then you've got Diego Lima who – it was a split decision, but, man, he looked really, really solid, dude. Court McGee was um, was really, I think, toward the end of the fight, you could argue that Court was starting to mount uh, a little bit more of an offense and even started knocking Lima down uh, pretty, pretty cool, good. Yeah, I don't want to say cool, but, yeah, pretty good, uh, to the point where even afterwards they <clears> – <throat> I think Anik was asking Lima – uh, you know, Lima, he did knock you down toward the end of that fight. Uh, how did you feel about that? He was like, oh, you know, it's okay, man. Like, I knocked him down in round two. Was so, cool. <laughs> I go, all right, that's the Diego we know and love. Um, all around, pretty good fight. Card, uh, Mike Perry and Alex Oliveira got fight of the night as they should Glover Teixeira and Jim Miller also took performance of the night bonuses. And, um, you know, I mean, this is a weird night because all of these fates seem to open up new doors. For example, uh, they're already starting to talk about who they want uh, Mike Perry to go up against. And Mike Perry is going out of his way to call out Colby Covington and says he will knock his brains out of his head, which I'm all for. Gross. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Jacare, I mean... For as long as we're going to have him. I've told you guys this on the show before. It's very similar to the movie La Bamba where you just want to yell out, Richie, when he loses. <sighs> and I, I did do that live at the event on Saturday. That was a bummer. And I really do think it is in part to everybody playing it up so much of the, you know, he just wants his title shot to get back in the dance. And it's like when you start to realize that some of your fighters may never get that, um, it does get to you, I think a little bit, but, uh, if he's not going to be invited to the dance, Kev, I'm all about just let him fucking fight whoever he wants. And let's just have some fun with whatever we see left.
0: Sounds good to me. All right. That is going to do it for our ESPN coverage. Dun, 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 what yep. else? A little fun segment we like to call Rap Covered Some Fights. Mm-hmm. Rap, you covered some fights? I, I didn't did. even know this. I was moving. Yep. I was so tunnel focused.
1: Well, I didn't bother you with it and say, like, hey, Kev, can you take a few minutes to talk a little bit about me right now? Because I know you're moving, but we all know this train start and stops with whatever I'm doing. Amen. No, I. Yeah, I. I Made a decision late last week that I had some availability. Um, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to go. But guess what? Schedule cleared up and I was able to go cover some events out in Seal Beach, California. Now, here's the great thing about kickboxing and Muay Thai. Um, I love watching these fights for this particular reason. The action is meant to be fast, continuous, and it looks exhausting at all times. Uh, There was one fight that was a title fight that was the main event uh, between Wilson Ha and Oscar, and I loved this fight. This fight was really fun to watch live, so it was a main event that just delivered. Um, There's a lot of local new talent that I especially like keeping tabs on and seeing them there. I got to catch up with Systems Training Center friends, Dima, Christos, um, a lot of those goons. And as I saw them getting their fighters ready, you don't just see them. You see a bunch of other people within the area. <laughs> One of the people that I took is my photographers. They looked at me when they saw Josh Barnett and go, did he just slap his fighter? And I was like, yeah, that's kind of normal. That's what they do. You know, <laughs> we have to open up a chapter on <laughs> Josh Barnett before I go any further uh, on that. And she's just looking at me like, oh, man these guys are for real. And I was like, Oh, you should see how he fights. So, yeah, I mean, I, I get very excited. I, I very much appreciate the fact that fighters rep always goes out of their way to make us feel very welcome and very comfortable. Um, you know, it's just, we have the best seats in the house and they have good fans, man. It's just nice to be able to see. There's a lot of fights that you do end up watching there, but honestly, I felt like it flew by pretty quickly. And it sucks whenever there's another event happening, especially fighters like Jacare that you do want to see. But I didn't mind watching those fights delayed. It wasn't too bad. It was a little confusing on this end, though, Kev. Out of instinct, where do you think that I'm supposed to go for the pre-prelims? For the pre-prelims, I'm confused. Like the uh, prelims before, yeah, for UFC. Like, where am I supposed to go watch those? Oh, ESPN. Nope. Okay. Generally, the fights have prelims, the pre like early prelims, which are on UFC Fight Pass. Then it's ESPN or ESPN Plus. Then it's ESPN Plus or ESPN or Pay-Per-View. That's usually the trajectory of how it goes. On this particular day, when I went to go see the, pre- the early prelims, because that's, of course, where Jim Miller was on and Diego. I went to go to my fight pass instinctively and then saw all of the card was on ESPN. They had actually aired them because it said it was blacked out on my fight pass. They said the early prelims were on ESPN 2 instead. Which raises the question. Why the fuck are we buying this thing? So, I don't know what we need to do if we need to take down a tally and create a list of the amount of things that we actually watch on UFC Fight Pass anymore, because I know we're there for Polaris. I know we're going to be there for Submission Underground and watching that, uh, for EBI, the combat jujitsu stuff. But that's really what we're paying for now with Fight Pass. I am very rarely watching what it's on there. And as an added bonus, do you know what I got a note on my fucking ESPN app about today, Kev? Uh, Paying your bill? <laughs> no. Oh, shit. Maybe I should do that. No. ESPN Plus sends a note that says, hey, do you like UFC 236 with Dustin Poirier and Max Holloway? Here you go. It's free now. Uh, Are you shitting me? You can watch no. that
0: fight for free now?
1: No, but you can watch it on the ESPN app, not UFC Fight Pass. I'm sure you could probably watch it later, but they're just trying to hook you more. And I just like the fact that they gave me an update. Like there was an actual little notification on my phone that just goes, hey, rap." Whoa, whoa. Your dog is picked up on that cue very quickly, by the way. He's uppity
0: about this ESPN Plus bullshit. <laughs> He's like, so. so we don't have to purchase the pay-per-view, but
1: what? what is this? Well, you do, but you just got to wait a few weeks, and I still haven't figured out the rhyme or reason, but I I beg of you, Kev, to try and figure out what the benefits are of UFC Fight Pass. And here's a question, because we talked about it being affected with the Disney merger and all that sort of shit with Fox. Like, is there a better price point, you think, now for Fight Pass? Because they're not going to change it. They're not going to make it lower unless we – make the argument what are we getting for it make it part of efc e- e- efc <laughs> espn
0: plus you just kind of have to it can't be a separate thing not for the like no one's. i don't understand who's still buying fight pass yeah you get it for like one or two th- i don't know it's a rip off it's a rip off yeah, they okay. took something so pure and they streamed it that's what happens
1: so anyway yes my thanks to all the good people at fighters Rep. had a great time uh, doing that, I'm going to recap, I think, some of that on Grappling Hour uh, later this week. But I did want to bring up a couple headlines that I thought were interesting. You already brought up the Michael Jordan one. I want to go one further and say that Mike Perry actually tells this insanely stupid story of Jacare uh saving his life. Apparently, he accidentally was choking himself with a exercise band. And then Jacare just said, okay, I'm going to let you go from your own stupidity.
0: Wow. That's uh, a really kind of boring
1: story, but it is. It's very on brand for Mike Perry. That was the one that's almost per exact thought what I had on it where I go. That's a non story, but eh, it's him. Uh, would you think, Kevin, if you were able to give the same amount of picograms to Colby Covington, would he be able to beat up John Jones?
0: No. Nope. Well he seems
1: to think so. He says if he were given some picograms, he could beat John Jones.
0: Hmm. Is that the only condition in which he could do it? Because mm. you know my rule on this. Mm. I don't I don't like it when people are like, I could beat you if I had just uh a little bit of Hulk strength. It's yep. like, well that's not
1: particularly helpful. Oh good. I will accept this fight on the condition I get a Hulk buster suit. Thank you. People are just that would be fun. (laughs) Asinine fighter requests. Kev, what retirement are we on for Tito Ortiz and what non-retirement are we on for Tito Ortiz? See,
0: this is where it gets a little bit difficult to track because I know for a fact he retired from from mixed martial arts in the UFC. I then know for a fact he came back and beat up someone's uncle. Mm-hmm. And I know for a fact has been in talks with other fight organizations, so I guess this is the third
1: time. It sounds about right. I'm starting to get confused myself, but now he will be fighting for Combat Day Americas. And uh, I, don't, I just We have so many of you guys who chimed in on it and it, i'm not even of the mindset of wanting to talk about it it's just i have to bring it up just so that we can historically document how many times he's retired um for the show i guess uh paulo costa steroids or no steroids kev uh no steroids Mm, I don't know. suspect he has been given a usada violation which has prompted every one of you and your friends on the internet to say what the fuck is the point of usada
0: it well, i hold on i can answer this so yeah. occasionally there's not enough drama attached to this sport because if the ufc was in charge there would be no rules usada is essentially their version of jeff sessions He's he's just out there being mm-hmm. helpful. He's not going to make it. It's not an impact, but he does get to occasionally be
1: in the way. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. That's just what Thank I you. They do. I think that sums it up very nicely. So, Kev, you know, we discussed earlier how Jim Miller said he didn't know how many more of these fights he's got left in him?
0: You know what it is? USADA mm. is that anchor screw they <laughs> give you with shelves that you never use. Like, it's mm. there. You could anchor it, but you're not calling it. You keep it. You put it in the toolbox. Is Jim Miller going to keep fighting? Is he going to go for the next uh, milestone of not fighting for anyone's record but his own?
1: Well, he says that he's still got some fights in him, so don't worry. There's an uncertain amount of fights he will still do. Probably because he's got a contract or he just feels it or, you know. I mean, he gave a nice shout-out to his brother, by the way, which was really adorable. He's just like, oh, by the way, I should shout-out my brother. Thanks, man. So, that was great. Rory McDonald and John Fitch apparently fought in Bellator. No, that doesn't sound right. Well, I mean, I don't know if it made a sound, Kevin, in the woods by itself. But it definitely happened over the weekend. So... Would you like to know the result of that one?
0: You know what? It
1: hit me. Yeah. Majority draw. Oh, that's boring. That really hurts. Yeah, well, yeah. A John Fitch fight? That's going to be boring? Get out of here. Anyway, this is depressing because at the end of the fight, Rory McDonald said, after a performance like that, he doesn't know how many of those he has left in him, which then begs the question, do you need to be fighting When you say statements like this, the internet has a certain opinion, Kevin, but what is yours? Do you need to
0: be fighting when you have statements like these? The answer is no. Rory probably doesn't. He needs to, he needs to be fighting for anyone to be listening for sure, but he can say whatever he wants. I think,
1: I think we're in a very awkward place with him because Rory McDonald had a very forthcoming, approach to talking to everybody after the event was done. And I think it's difficult for these fighters to elaborate where they may be after something that's so heartbreaking because, Kev, I'm not going to lie. I saw a couple fights at the fighters rep, and they're a little bit more lenient with giving out a majority draw, one of which was an unfortunate instance with our friends over at Systems Training Center with one of their fighters who had a majority draw. And I got to tell you, I didn't think it was a draw. And I was – you know, my heart hurt for them. But hearing multiple nights uh, versions of majority draws makes you feel kind of bad. For your main headline event for a fighter who's been in a lot of fights to then at the very end of it – and mind you, Kev, he's not that old. He's just barely going to turn 30 this year. But in fight years, he's 9,000. I was like, it's not young either. Yeah. Um. Has 26 professional fights to his name. For him to say that he just doesn't know how long he can see himself doing this sort of thing. Um, A lot of people on the internet seem to say, well, why should he be fighting? You know, maybe he shouldn't be fighting. Uh, You shouldn't let yourself go out there on those feelings. Um, I think of it like this. I think it's hard to take a fighter at their words in that exact moment. Unlike Tito Ortiz, who's had some time. Oh, damn it. Okay. He's had some time to think about it. And he keeps coming back on the other side of the needle that says, yeah, I'll come back for more. And we go, no, no, no. We're, we're good here. we McDonald. It's like, well, hey, buddy, you don't have to. But you're still young enough. You've definitely got the skill. But, yeah, when someone like him says, I don't know how much more I've got in me for these kind of wars. And you think, oh, right. Ugh. I thought him and Robbie Lawler probably aged him 10 years as is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, dude. So that's my report on that for you.
0: All right. Well, good luck, Roars. And uh, what's most important is that we all take a moment to remember that Tito Ortiz lost a lot of friends under the Hillary Clinton Secretary of State. (laughs) I'm actually surprised he's not a member of the cabinet. As you said it, I was like, wasn't he serving in Trump's cabinet? That would be – and people are like, that's not even abstractly political. Yeah, You would believe that tomorrow. The new Secretary
1: of Defense. I do like the idea of Trump definitely saying, you know, we've got a new undersecretary of punishment and that guy is Tito Ortiz. Uh, What does that do? They do a lot of things, okay? Don't believe me. It's very legal and very cool. Which, by the way, should be the title of everyone's book. Very (laughs) legal and very cool. Just because
0: it's illegal doesn't make it cool.
1: (laughs) Uh yeah, I don't know. So I think that kind of brings us up to date on the fights. I do want to give a nice big shout out to our good friend uh Alima who also won, Alima Lay, uh McFarland who won at Bellator over the weekend defending her title with vicious elbows, so fucking mean. And our other friend, uh Ghost Pepper, uh over at the Combates. I mean, this is the best part, Kev. When I'm watching these fights, I want to sit there and be very excited about that and say, man, I'm so happy to see my friends get their due in an organization that really puts them front. and Oh, they just signed Tito Ortiz. God damn it. (sighs) But anyway, uh, to Eric Gonzalez, a big congratulations on his win.
0: Yeah, it's always fun when you're down there local. You get a chance to sort of. You always see and hear some things that are unique and fun. Raf. what else do we got? Is that uh, everything? I'm moved and zoned out. Probably have a drinking problem again. That's what happens when you do it. We're halfway through what is a little bit of a lull. We have some fights coming up this weekend that are somewhat exciting. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what they are offhand, but it feels like, uh, oh, Iaquinta versus Cowboy. That's my bad. That's just, I do it, as you said, Cerrone earlier, I was like, that triggered something. And I, Quinta fight.
1: has said that he wants to make Cowboy look like he is at the end of his career.
0: Well, that makes sense, because if he made him look like he was at the beginning of his career, that would
1: be a dumb thing to say
0: out loud. It's like, I'm gonna make Donald Cerrone look young and spry.
1: Yeah, I well, also, given what Rage and Al has said in the past before Wouldn't surprise me all that much either I'd just be like oh no, well, well. Sounds about right So yeah we do have some interesting fights Coming up uh, The UFC essentially having a Cinco-ish Kind of uh, Get together for everybody On the 4th When you Star Wars nerds try to take over What is rightfully Cinco de Mayo weekend Asshole
0: <laughs> I didn't know that this was even a thing potentially, but I'm it really, I honestly, know. it
1: is not that big of a deal because uh, Cinco de Mayo is kind of a ridiculous holiday. Um, I don't mind it. I don't, you know, I definitely drank at Cinco de Mayo. Um, it's definitely a big thing out in LA, but I'm pretty sure in many of our markets where this podcast goes out to, uh, <laughs> bumfuck Iowa is not really going to care. About Cinco de Mayo. And if you do, please let us know. Because if there is a surprising contingent of people that are very excited for Cinco de Mayo in different parts of this greater United States or beyond, please let us know. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to complain about it because of this one thing, Kevin. I don't mind the drinks, but I really don't mind the food. So I'm kind of looking forward to Cinco de Mayo.
0: Yeah, there is opportunity there. If we could just ever get the date right, there's a lot of white guilt in terms of, like, <laughs> oh, shit. And, of course, I spent my early 20s being, let fucked up on Saturday. So, my bad, <laughs>
1: you know? Right, right. There it's was fine.
0: a food opportunity last year. But this could have been the Thanksgiving of summer. We screwed that up. It happens, dude. God damn it. All this xenophobia. Where does it get us? You know, oh. that's that's the ultimate question. here. Well, that's going to do it for us tonight. I was going to say here is our uh, shout-out section, but I thought we already hybrided into that.
1: Uh, You want to just shoehorn yours, and I can do mine very quickly? Sure. Mine
0: exclusively goes to my parents who drove up to help us move. They brought the trailer. They brought the goods. It was like, uh, and they came motivated. All I had to do was feed them. We got moved in in a little under 48 hours. Yeah, only one hospital trip, it's no one's business, and uh, we're successfully moved in.
1: Congratulations. Thank you. Let me start with mine. Uh, I've got a few here. I want to give a big shout out to Valley Martial Arts Center. Probably going to go train there a little bit later tonight, but having some good training and getting in tons and tons and tons of repetitions. Of things that make us a better. Um, big shout out to our good friends over at 10th Planet Van Eyes. TPV Life. <laughs> I will say this: if you guys are not buying tickets for Lights Out, you definitely need to right now because a lot of the 10th Planet family is on that card. So that is Lights Out promotions or Lights Out LXO. I guess is what they're calling it. I'm not quite sure. I might be wrong on that. But May 11th out here in Burbank. They're going to have some fights. You guys definitely want to get in on that. We have our good friend Milton slash nemesis who is fighting on that one. Um, I believe JJ Buckner is also fighting a young, um, really, really good talent. I believe our good friend Jordan, the Messiah is also going to be fighting on that one. So keep a lookout for it. It's definitely going to be a big, big show. Of course, Albert Morales is going to be in the main event. I mean, you got Dom all day, Clark, just a lot of really, really good talent. And I always love going to that show and I should be there. So keep a lookout on that. That's May 11th. Get your tickets. Now you can go purchase them by finding them on the internet. It's not my job. You guys go find it. And big shout out to my good friends, Bobby and Brisa Kev. It was adorable to have my best friend, Bobby shooting with me at this event over the weekend. Him and his wife were the most adorable photographers in the sense that they'd shoot, look at each other, and then he'd look at his wife and go, man, that was a really good shot. You're doing a great job. And she'd be like, thanks. And it was just like, I've never had that kind of dynamic. Like, even me and my sister, like, it's adorable to be us being like, oh, fuck, you got that shot? Fuck yeah. Back and forth. But, like, there's something about watching a husband and wife, like, in it together and being like, I got this angle. Did you get that one? Yeah, I got that shot too. Dope. <laughs> that to be makes able to do me, it without you
0: know, filing for divorces. Always like.
1: Yeah, well, I, you know, half of the photos are really belonging to me, so I think they're fine. Um, yeah, no, it's just great, and I really appreciate them giving their time and all of their good stuff to help on out that way. Uh, big shout out over to our good friends over at the LA Jiu Jitsu Club. Go over to Explosive Fit on tuesdays and thursdays at eleven thirty. 30 thursdays now in Dach key that's a directive from director senor eric medina and uh i want to give a nice shout out to our good friend kamal kamal uh came to train kevin kamal bonen hey uh, who uh is a big friend of ours from speech uh just a super nice guy big big fight fan Uh, now a very very uh, successful actor in his own right Uh, got the ability to show him a few things and help him uh, learn a little bit of the jits and passing on the good word and i always like catching up with him so it's very very fun to train with him the other day and i think kev that's gonna do it for me
0: i was gonna say not necessarily a friend of mine though he was before me i just certainly recognize talent that'll do it for us today here at verbal tap i'm (laughs) kevin thank you for listening
1: Good night, and good fight. The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is? Please note, the new number is?